Might need some volunteers to help pass some papers out. Anybody interested? Okay, well, they are passing those. Good job, Joel. Did you get him, Joe? Good job, bud. Good job. Okay. I think maybe those are uh, beginnings of our ushering crew. <laughs> Okay, we are on to lesson number 10 this evening. Lesson number 10, the kind of an interesting title perhaps in light of everything, but as you have we've talked about before, this is definitely not your normal study on Jonah, but lesson number 10, the process of justification. So our, our text that we're going to read first is going to be um, Jonah chapter 3, and then verses 5 through 10. Someone just want to volunteer to read those? Anybody? Nope. John, you were first. Uh, Jonah 3, and then verses 5 to 10. So the people of Nineveh believed God, and proclaimed a fast, and put on sackcloth, from the greatest of them even to the least of them. For the word came unto the king of Nineveh, he arose from his throne, and he laid his robe from him, and covered him with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. And, it caused, and he caused it to be proclaimed and published through Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed nor drink water. But let man and beast be covered with a sackcloth, and cry mightily unto God. Yea, let them turn every one from his evil way, and from the violence that is in their hands. Who can tell if God will turn and repent, and turn away his fierce anger, that we perish not? And God saw their works, that they turned from their evil way, and God repented of the evil that he said that he would do unto them, and he did it not. God is always waiting for man to repent, and is more than willing to cleanse and forgive when he does. Micah 7, verse 18. Who is a God like unto thee that pardoneth iniquity and passeth by the transgression of the remnant of his heritage? He retaineth not his anger forever because he delighteth in mercy. God delights in mercy. And that statement that I, that I had said right before that, no, he's always waiting. Obviously, there comes a point where the line is drawn at that. You think of Noah and the people of Noah's day that um, I think it was, what, 120 years, basically, that they had, of course, when Noah was building at that time. But there was a time, I'm sure a lot of them really repented, you know, like at the end there, so to speak. But not really. It's interesting, God delights in mercy. Now, what, what's mercy? Not getting what you deserve, right? I mean, I think in a small way, as parents, you can resonate with that, right? You know, delights and showing mercy. I don't think anybody here just loves to discipline their kids, do you? 
I, no, I hate it, frankly, on that. Isn't it always probably to a fault sometimes when we should and we don't because we don't really want to in that regard? But, of course, that's a whole other rabbit trail. But it's interesting. God delights in mercy. You know, so many times it's like, just do this so I don't have to discipline you. You know what I mean? I mean, we can all think of instances in our kids' lives of situations like that. So we delight in mercy in a way. But, it, of course, that, that's just a small, infinite to what God delights in mercy when it comes to sin in our lives. Repentance is more than just a simple bedtime prayer, as we know. It's actually going to be a big theme of what we're looking at tonight. Uh, no, please forgive me for all the wrong things I've done today kind of thing. But that's not really what we're talking about here. We need to seriously confess and forsake our wicked ways if we want God's blessing. Proverbs 28:13, though he that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. Um, so some objectives to think about this evening. Um, to look at, note that God is a God of forgiveness and cleansing. That verse that we read in uh, Micah 7 to start. And then number two, to, was to understand what true repentance involves. And then the seriousness of confessing and forsaking sin. And number three, that we should focus on the blessing of forgiveness rather than on the curse of the past. And moving on. And then fourth, that every problem in life can be solved by turning to God in simple faith and trust in his word in our lives. So there's actually a little change up tonight. Instead of three points, there's four. So a little bit of a change from um, as things have been so far. So there's actually four points, and they're all very simple. Um, each point is a something, as you can see on your, on your notes there. It's so a process of justification. Of course, we already read those, uh, our text verse, Jonah 3, 5 to 10. And you know, Job once asked, how should man be just with God? In Job 9, 2. And then later in Job 25, 4 to 6, he ponders this, which is the first, first verses on your sheet there. Job 25, 4 to 6. How then can man be justified with God? Or how can he be clean that is born of a woman? Behold, even to the moon, and it shineth not. Yea, the stars are not pure in his sight. How much less man that is a worm, and the son of man which is a worm? Job had some, there's a lot of good doctrinal things in the book of Job with stuff. Think of like, uh, not just like in, in, like Psalms is the same way, but there's a lot of good stuff in Job that's said. Now the Apostle Paul addresses kind of some similar things in that kind of that classic passage in Romans 7. Um, it's a longer passage here, so it's actually just turn in your Bibles there because it's not on your sheet, but um, we'll look at it here. Romans 7, 14 to 25. Now, in this passage, he's going to be you'll see kind of a frustration that comes through with him, kind of just, and they're just depressed at the prospects of the sinful tendencies that are in his life. But he concludes with victory. So we're going to read Romans 7, um, 14 to 25. So I guess we'll just go around the room 
and start where we stopped and just keep going that way. Romans 7, 14, 25. You're going to start. If you don't mind. Well, we know that the law... Oh, sorry. Yep, that's right. We know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Now then it is no more I that do it, do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I think it's back to you guys. <laughs> for I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is pregnant with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would, I do not. For the evil which I would not, that I do. Now if I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find then a law, that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. And if you continue on to verse 1, chapter 8, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Now, our only hope of finding forgiveness from God, of course, is through the person of Christ, as we know. Uh, Romans 5.1, which is the next, next verse on your sheet. I think we stopped at the other. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So that moves us into point number one. All these start with an F. Once we start going, you'll start probably start picking up the pattern as we go. A faith. That is correct. Simple points tonight. A faith. And it's interesting, again, just seeing back in our thing in uh, our, our text in Jonah, again, just how much pictures are there. And this is kind of, again, this lesson tonight is a good, is another example of that. Jonah 3, 5, so the people of Nineveh believed God. Isn't it interesting? Of course, I was thinking about this with, um, were only recorded one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight words that Jonah said. Yet forty days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. He might have said, had more to his message. We don't know. It's not said. But it's interesting. What does it say in verse five? So the people of Nineveh believed Jonah, right? No. So the people of Nineveh believed God. You know, unlike religion, ceremony, good works, or some gimmick, faith is putting our trust in an almighty God. Faith is believing in the invisible, looking for the incredible, and seeing the impossible. And while faith is not always easy, of course we know as Hebrews eleven six, without faith it's impossible to please Him. So sub-point A, the something of faith, both of these start with an O, 
Both of these start with an with an O. It is uh, it's not obedience. I give it without giving it away. Not this. That's not object. Not option. Think about the verse that we just that they just said. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. That kind of gives us a something to faith. Not object. Obligation. Obligation. Obligated to faith. Because faith in God is not an option. It's not one of many choices to find peace with God. It's an obligation. Because salvation comes through no other means. Of course, you know the verse, Ephesians 2.8, For by grace are you saved through faith. Then Romans 3.27-28, those are the next two verses. Where is boasting then? It is excluded by what law of works? Nay, but by the law of faith. Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. And the Apostle Paul probably attempted and accomplished more for God than any human being in history. But, and his resume was filled with great works. But he states this in Philippians 3.9. And, uh, and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but of that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. Now, as Christians, we understand clearly that salvation is through faith alone. Yet, why is it that we have such difficulty living by faith? You know, the Lord undoubtedly saw this deficiency in our lives when he ponders in Luke 18, 8, Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? Interesting question. The Christian life is a daily walk of faith. 2 Corinthians 5, 7, for we walk by faith, not by sight. And Paul states it bluntly again, Romans 14, 23. Again, this is in a context of uh, a lot of things there in Romans 14, but at the end, and he that doubteth is damned if he eat, because he eateth not of faith, for whatsoever is not of faith, sin. What in your life today is not of faith? Is your salvation by faith? Is your separation by faith? Is your sanctification by faith? Is your stewardship by faith? Is your service by faith? If it isn't, it's impossible to please God with your life. You have an obligation of faith. Then the second point here, the something of faith, well, the second sub-point here, the something of faith. That's correct. Very good. The object of faith. Again, some of these are going to build, they build on each other. So, the object of faith. To some degree, every human being exercises faith, of course, in something. Of course, a lot of people, that's themselves or other people, the government, their jobs, you name it, whatever. Perhaps the people in Nineveh were similarly trusting in something, probably. They're polytheistic. Of course, what was their one of their main gods? We kind of learned about this when Andy was teaching. Anybody remember who that was? Starts with an A. Yeah. 
close. It's actually in the Bible. <laughs> Asher, remember that? That one. But it's interesting, regardless of whatever it was, up until this time, in verse 5 of chapter 3, it says they believed God. Where's your faith? Acts 4.12. It's next verse on the sheet. Neither is, neither is there salvation in the other, for there is no name under... For there is none other name under heaven given among men by the church, a preacher, a priest, your good works, nor your money can save you. Your only hope is Christ. Your only hope is Christ, who said in John 14, 6, which is the, the next verse there. John 14, 6. Um, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. The believer must also remind himself daily that he can't live the Christian life without a constant reliance on faith in God. John 15, 5. Next verse there. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. That's Psalm 127, 1. And while our human nature wants to proudly claim our own achievements, we are not, as 2 Corinthians 3, 5 puts it, sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God, or should be. Now on to point two. If you think about the story that we read, you might get this one. We have a faith, and then in point two, a fast. That is correct. And proclaimed a fast, and put on sackcloth, and the greatest of them, even to the least of them. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published through Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed nor drink water. So subpoint A under this is the ultimate, and both of these start with a C. Both of these start with a C, not cost. This has a, um, think of the word of the main point. Which is a fast. The ultimate starts with a C. Cleansing. This is not a word we use a ton. It's used in, um, it is used in Isaiah, but the ultimate contrition. When a person denies himself of his most basic necessity, food, it shows a serious level of contrition. Fasting in the Old Testament was usually done in a very desperate situation when God's judgment was about to fall. King Ahab was a very wicked man, as we know, and definitely deserved God's wrath. But in 1 Kings 21, 27, we read, And it came to pass, when Ahab heard those words, that he rent his clothes and put sackcloth upon his flesh and fasted and lay in sackcloth and went softly. Of course, the result of that, I think that was in response to Elijah's message that God basically was going to wipe out his house. And this was his reaction to that. 
And God saw that, and I think after that, God came back to Elijah and said, see how Ahab's humbled himself? It's going to come to pass, but it's going to happen in his son's days, not his now. With that. The psalmist said, I humbled my soul with fasting in Psalm 35, 13. Psalm 69, 10, it also says, when I wept and chastened my soul with fasting. When repentance is accompanied by a sorrowful self-denial, God's attention is arrested. Psalm 51, 17. Next verse. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, that will not despise. So we had an ultimate contrition, and now we have a universal confession. It is the C word, yes. It is a longer word. There are three M's in this word. Three M. Three M's. There you go. Universal commitment. Because it's interesting, amazingly in this passage, it's not only the king and the people who fast, but even the animals were denied food and water. Isn't that interesting? Having The author is speaking here. Having been raised on a farm, when animals are not fed and watered, they can make some noise. What a horrible sound this must have been as man and beast cried mightily unto God. Isn't that interesting? While God can hear and answer the prayer of one individual, there is a unique power when there is a corporate humility before God. We're all familiar with the preaching of Peter on the day of Pentecost and miraculous conversion, baptism of 3,000 souls. But back up in chapter 1 of the book of Acts, notice in verse 14, it would say that these all, all, continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. And then chapter 2 opens in verse 1 by telling us, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Universal commitment results in unbelievable changes. Universal commitment results in unbelievable changes. Now on to point three, we have a fast. Well, actually the first one was we have a faith. Then point two was a fast. And then now point three, A, starts with an F. Again, think of our text. It kind of follows a pattern. We have a faith, we have a fast. I'm following. Think of salvation. Has to do, there's a Bible word, we talk about faith and repentance, right? What's an idea of repentance? All right there, it involves forgetting, a forsaking. Forsaking. Biblical repentance involves more than agreeing with God about our sin. We think, because there's part of it that goes, there's a forsaking part of it in it too. Think of Proverbs 28, 13. The forsaking is involved with confession. 
and the necessary for the mercy in that in that passage there. Paul emphasized it in Ephesians four twenty two. Next next verse there. That you put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. Then Isaiah fifty five seven. Next. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon him. Here in Jonah chapter 3, the people are instructed to have faith, to fast, and now to forsake their sin in verse 8. Yea, let them turn everyone from his evil way and from the violence that's in their hands. Who's the one saying that? Okay. It's the king who's saying that. Isn't that interesting? Is that in response maybe to some other things that Jonah said? Maybe. doesn't say. But it's the king of Nineveh is the one who's making that decree that, um, yea, let them, let them turn everyone from his evil way and from the violence that's in their hands. Then sub-point A, repentance involves a change of, both of these are D, you should be able to get these, Repentance involves a change of direction. Because the word repentance literally means to change direction or an about face. Ezekiel 14, 6. Next verse in the. Yeah. Um, Therefore, say unto the house of Israel, Thus saith the Lord God, Repent and turn yourselves from your idols and turn, and turn away your faces from all your abominations. People here in Jonah 3 8 were challenged to turn from their evil way. They were going the wrong way, and they needed to change. Think of the Paul and the Thessalonians. I think it's First Thessalonians, is it chapter one, or Second Thessalonians one? No, talking about the repentance, how you turn to God from idols. That's what he talks about there. So, subpoint B: repentance now involves a change of direction, but it involves a change of change of deeds. Not only does verse eight reveal that the people were to change direction or their way but they were also to turn from the violence that was in their hands. Everybody in their right mind wants to change their direction from hell to heaven and from God's judgment to God's blessing, but not everyone's willing to change their lifestyle. John 3, 19 to 21. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. Many people want the blessings of God while hanging on to the benefits or supposed benefits of the world. 1 John 2, 15-17. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, but love the Father, is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but of, is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. True repentance means that, as it says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So now on to the bonus point tonight, <laughs> point four. We had point one was what? A faith. Point two was? 
point three was. Now point four, a, a forgiveness. Yep. Jonah three nine. Who can tell if God will turn and repent and turn away from his fierce anger that we perish not? And God saw their works, that they turned from their evil way, and God repented of the evil that he had said that he would do unto them, and he did it not. You know, we can't demand that God do anything. And we see that in you know, Acts 8.22, uh, Repent therefore of this thy wickedness, and pray God, if perhaps the thought of thine heart may be forgiven thee. But when God sees true repentance and faith, there's forgiveness that's there. First John 1 John 1.9, or actually, uh, before I get there, Psalm 130, verse 4, says, But there is forgiveness with thee. And there's another verse in the Old Testament, I can't remember what it, what, what it is, but it's um, something along the lines of, But there is forgiveness with thee, that thou mayest be feared. Just I don't remember what, I don't know if that's a psalm or some other place, but interesting, because like, forgiveness is very powerful, isn't it? It's very abnormal. But God, there's forgiveness with him that he may be feared. 1 John 1, 9. Forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So subpoint A is the something of God. Both of these start with an A. A as in apple. <laughs> Not that has to do with, think of verse 10. Not all knowing. Think of the third word of verse 10. Close. That is close. What they did got his, the attention of God. And God saw their works. You know, God isn't influenced by outward appearance or by the impression of others, but he is able to read the heart of man. John 2.25. And he did not that any should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. That's John 2.25. Does anybody remember from our study of John what that was in? Or... Not in response to. Anybody remember? John chapter 2. So, of course, John chapter 2 starts with the water and the wine. And then it kind of goes back. He went back home. We're back to Capernaum for a little bit. Then it kind of goes with, he goes down to Jerusalem, I believe, for um, a feast day. And Many believed him in there. Many believed in him there when he when they saw his miracles that he did. But Jesus did not commit himself unto them because he knew what was in man. I think is what it said. And verse twenty five. And needed not that any should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. Then Jeremiah seventeen ten. I the Lord search the heart. I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doing. God's attention is drawn to the person who is repentant. Psalm 138, verse 6. The reward be high, yet hath he respect unto the lowly, 
but the proud he knows upon. And Isaiah 66, 2 says, again, thinking of that, oh, God's attention is drawn to this type of person, but to this man will I look, even to him that is poor and of a contrite spirit, there's that word again, and trembleth at my word. Isn't that interesting? Trembleth at my word. You definitely see they did. And if we want God's attention, mean to make sure we put on a humble spirit daily. 1 Peter 5.5, 5, For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. And sub-point B, we had the attention of God and then now the something of God. Not authority. Think of the, think of the point, the main point. A forgiveness the attention of God, the something of God. It got his attention, right? But then, similar, it's um, the atonement. Atonement. That was his answer, but specifically the word was atonement. <clears throat> and God repented of the evil that he said that he would do unto them, and he did it not. We may not understand why God forgave these people. Jonah definitely didn't, <laughs> as we'll find out. But in Psalm 103.17, says, But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him and his righteousness unto children's children. Joel chapter 2, verse 13, sums it up well what happened here in Nineveh. And rend your heart and not your garments. And turn to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and repenteth him of the evil. Did you know what? If they just had been in sackcloth and doing this, but it wasn't a heart thing, God would have known that, right? But it obviously was. Is that a shame to the Jews with all their ritual and fasting and this and that? Know what Jesus had to say about that. <laughs> Gentile nation, sackcloth and ashes, fasting, and it was genuine, and God spared him. Maybe that's why a certain Jew wasn't too happy <laughs> in this situation, as we'll find out. Now, we ought to be thankful for the grace of God every day of our lives. Lamentations 3, 22 to 23, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Because his, trans, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. And what's the rest of that verse? Great is thy faithfulness. Don't be afraid to go to God. Perhaps you've been away from him for a long time. But he ever liveth to make intercession for them. And there's actually the three of the verses of just as I am that are here. I was thinking about we'll sing them, but I think we'll, we'll pass it on that. But just listen to it. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou biddest me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come. Just as I am, and waiting not to rid my soul of one dark blot, to thee, whose blood can cleanse each spot, 
O Lamb of God, I come. Just as I am, thou wilt receive. Wilt welcome, pardon, cleanse, relieve. Because thy promise, I believe. O Lamb of God, I come. Sometimes it's good just in these songs that we just like can spout off our memory without thinking about it, but actually reading the words of what was actually written is good to do that sometimes. So again, another interesting lesson. But isn't it, as we've seen so much in Jonah, how much like biblical truth is like in these? Think of the people with Nineveh. It started with their faith, right? They believed God. And they demonstrated it with, fa- with a fast and a forsaking, right? And because of that, there was forgiveness. Think of, well, did they have to work to get God's favor? No, they had to uh, show that they were sorry enough or that they had to uh, you know, outweigh all the bad stuff they'd done by being good, you know, this certain time? No. You think of, what's it talk about in James? You know, faith without works is dead, right? Because their faith was evidenced by their works. So again, just seeing the truth of salvation so much in the book of Jonah. Just a bit from that. Anything stand out to anybody tonight? Anything in particular? It was it started from the top, from the king down to the donkeys. I mean, that was a huge place to get that many people. There had to be some coordination and announcements. If it took someone three days to walk around it. If it's kind of true to what you see in the scriptures of repentance, there tends to be something leading up to it. I wonder if the king already was concerned God was working, preparing him for this prophet to come. And he knew it when he came. It's interesting. I think it was in the Unker's Bible Handbook. One of the stuff, I, one of the resources I used a lot when we were doing the Kings to Christ study. Uh, something about like in the history of like Assyrian history at this point. Um, there might have been like some, it's not known obviously what exactly was going on, but was it the uh, total eclipse of a certain year that happened at this time or a plague that had happened somewhere around that time potentially helped make them more <laughs> ready for that kind of message on that which is interesting maybe doesn't don't know for sure but um, but it is interesting it was like it was received in there again very much like I'm sure Jonah didn't think that you know I'm sure he thought he was the last person that would be ready to hear isn't that us <laughs> so much of the time I what you're saying but um, like sometimes it's hard you see people every day and like you get afraid to tell them a message you know what God's doing like and you're afraid to get the message like what if that was just 
very easy to talk ourselves out of stuff. Very much. When I say us, I say me. And that. Anything else? Training it very close and end up home. And I don't know why this is so fantastic. But in my mind, it's kind of weird. But as a young lady, um, since really look at it, I used to really enjoy soap operas, very attached. Then I started watching when I was probably 12 or 13. And it was no big deal, like, that was just my way, you know, in the home. interesting to what kind of both of you were saying on the like with the king on that they obviously knew when he was the one who's saying let them turn everyone from his evil way if the violence is in their hands they obviously he obviously knew and they obviously knew they had some problems didn't they and he's the one who proclaimed that but yeah it's, it is interesting there's a lot of unknowns that's not said with this but there obviously was a lot going on in the background with this that we don't know. I'm sure Jonah didn't know, but obviously God knew with it. Obviously one of those things, we'll have to wait until we find, get to heaven one day and find out about that stuff. The whole story of Jonah, that's going to be a very interesting video to watch <laughs> one day on that. Any other thoughts? Okay, let's go ahead and pray. Lord, we do thank you for the lesson again tonight, kind of just kind of a lesson on salvation in a way of just seeing, again, just that Bible truth in the book of Jonah here of the faith in you and then what followed, at, there was an evidence of that faith and you saw that, that it was genuine and you forgave and you pardoned. And... 
thank you that you know, for those of us that know you, that that's what happened with us. And, of course, with as a Christian, faith doesn't end there. It's supposed to be a daily thing in our lives. And um, sometimes that's where we struggle, where I struggle. And help us to just continue to live by faith, not just leave it for salvation, so to speak. And then also just the lessons of us with this, that um, with Jonah, he obviously didn't want to go, and he, obvi- and he missed out on a lot. And even went after he did go, as we know, he had some problems that regretting himself going <laughs> still, even though he sees the results. And help us just, so many times we talk ourselves out of your blessings in our lives. And um, just help us to do what you want us to do when you want us to do it. And I pray for this this week. Again, so so easy to be in church and to hear things and to agree and think they're great and then just forget about them tomorrow. And just help us to continue, to, that you just continue to bring these things to our mind this week on things. And help us as we go to um, leave, that you give us safety getting home and we ought to start this week, have a, uh, a safe, refreshing week of serving you and then bring us back together again on Wednesday. In Jesus' name, amen.